0: From the virtual summit, the core presents Sales Training Boot Camp with Rick Ruby. Today's topic, Personal Money 101. Hello everybody, how you doing? How many people in my money class? 173 people in the money class. I want you to write down one thing, one thing, one thing about money. Money is not emotional. Money is not emotional. Money is tactical. Like I look at how much money I make and how much money I save and how much money I give away. It's tactical. For a long time, my money was emotional. For most of you, your money is emotional. I worked too many hours. I felt guilty. I spent a lot of money on my kids and my wife and myself. I bought a lot of stuff out of my guilt, not out of my needs and my wants. A lot of you are just way too emotional around the money you make a little money you think better of yourself you don't make any money you don't feel good about yourself you make a lot of money one month then you don't make a lot of money very all over the board emotionally so i'm going to teach you our budgeting system which is the foundation for the core the core's main purpose is to help you accumulate wealth that's the main purpose of making money now to spend the money that you spend and don't save is ridiculous so when i started this program I had been a loan rep for about four years, and I made $125,000 a year The last when I met this man, and I had $74,000 in credit card debt. And so how many of you currently have credit card debt? Raise your hand if you have credit card debt. Raise your hand. Let me see. Most of you have credit card debt. It's the American way. The American way is the finest. So I'm not a fan of debt. I believe you should have a mortgage and one car payment. You should have one car free and clear. We have to pay off all your credit card debt and accumulate wealth. Like I'm in the stock market heavily, and I'm trying to make 7% a year. And some of you are paying 23% interest rate on credit cards. I will make you all a deal. I will pay off all your credit cards, and you can all pay me 19% interest rate for all your credit cards. I would make a lot of money and interest off all of you. So we're going to learn in the next hour how to manage our money, how to be on a budget, how to save 20%, and how to give money away. Because if you don't track the data, the data tells you what you're doing well and what you're doing wrong. So in 1987, I'm making good money. There's a guy in my office building named Bill Wortley, one of my, I would say he was my fourth mentor of 15. I met Bill Wortley, and he was in the same office building as me, and I'm doing lots of loans, and I'm 26 years old, and I got crocodile shoes, and I got a Buick Riviera with a Landau top. I got the phone that's stuck on the top in the bag. I was dialed in. I was as cool as I could be at that point in my life. And I meet Bill, and he's kind of a hobo. He's a financial planner. He doesn't have a fancy office. He doesn't drive a fancy car. His hair looks like he cuts it himself. I mean, he's definitely not what you would consider a successful financial man. And we became friends. I mean, he's over my office. He wouldn't even have a coffee machine. He's over in my office getting coffee every day. We're pretty good friends. If I got 10 minutes, I'm over hanging out in his office and we're talking. So one day I go in and see Bill, and he's literally gluing the sole of his shoe on with Elmer's glue. I'm like, you got to be kidding. This is ridiculous. I go in another time. He's stapling the hem of his pants because the hem came out. I mean, I just assume the guy is broke. and. For those of you that don't know me, I am a professional bully. I am a good bully, but I am a professional bully. I like to pick on your lack of leads, your lack of savings, your weight. I'm a professional bully, and I'm good because I want you to do good things is what I'm picking on you about. So I'm picking on Bill, and finally he says to me, he says, I've had it. He says, how much money do you have? I said, well, I made about 125 grand last year. He said, I didn't ask you what you made. What do you have? I literally looked at him and said, I have no idea. My wife manages our finances. I don't know what I have. He says, you go home tonight and you write down all your bills on the left side of a page and all your bank balances on the right side of the page. I said, okay. So I go home and I meet with my wife and we write down all of our bills, our mortgages, our cars, our credit card balances, all of our assets. So I go in to see Bill tomorrow. No, I'm in the mortgage business. Everybody I do a mortgage for is broke. They're all broke, just like how many of all your clients are broke? Raise your hand. They're all broke. They don't have no money. So if you don't have no money, you think you're just like them. So I go in and see him the next day. I sit down in front of his desk. He's got coffee. I got coffee. I'm all excited. He says, let me see how you're doing. He's about 55 at the time. I'm probably 27, 26. And he looks at my sheet, and I've got 74 grand in credit card. And I've got seventy-eight grand in bank balances between stock accounts, four hundred one k's, and I'm feeling pretty good because I'm in the black. I got a little more money than I have debt. And he says to me, "He says that's ridiculous. He says you are you're 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 doing everything wrong financially." And I got all nervous and I got all defensive, just like if I met with you and I said I'm doing great. And he says, "Listen," and he pulls out a bank statement and he slides it over to me on the desk, and I look at it. And he's got $6.3 million in the bank. 6300000 million. I'll never forget the number as long as I live. So imagine that was 30 years ago. So if money doubles every 10 years, he's got $30 million right now if he never saved another dime. So it's $6.3 million in the bank. And I stopped right there. And this is the difference between me and you. When I see somebody does something better than me, I'm like this. I surrender. You're the boss. It's like when I met Roy. He's a better husband than me he's a better Christian me so I have surrendered to his authority he's my mentor he's number 15 in my life most of you how many of you have not had 15 mentors raise your hand you have not had 15 mentors that's why I make more than you so you got to seek out mentors people you want to be around people have a business that you want to have or a lifestyle that you want to have and you copy them the problem is you can't pick a guy like me to be in charge of your whole life you pick a guy like me to be in charge of your business to be in charge of your assets. You pick a guy like Roy to help you be a better husband or a better wife or a better Christian. I got a personal trainer. He's in great shape. He's in charge of keeping me in shape. You got to find people that are experts in one or two things that they're in charge of your life around those one or two things. It's Like, I have made the mistake in the past of having a mentor that was really good at one thing and he was bad at seven or eight things and I got sucked into his bad stuff in his seven or eight things. Like, Roy's not going to help you accumulate wealth. It's not his strength. It's not his specialty. So he's going to help you learn how to be with God. He's going to learn how to help you be a better spouse. That's it. I don't use him for anything else. I don't use him for any other ideas in my life. When I have a problem, I go to an expert. So I'm sitting there with Bill, and I'm like, Bill, how do I get like this? How do I get wealthy? Same question you're asking right now. How do you get wealthy? And Bill takes out a legal pad, and he writes out four columns. And he says, we're going to write out your bills. We're going to write out what you paid. We're going to write out what you saved. And we'll write out what you made. And he wrote this legal pad budget for me that he had been on. And I have been on that legal budget for 27 years. I have never missed a month that I did not do my budget. Every month I've done my budget. My clients have to turn in their budget every month. Every one of my employees, all the people that work at the core, I personally look at all their budgets every month. So I sit down in groups of 10, 10, and I go through all their budgets, from the receptionist to the CFO. I look at everybody's budget every single month, and I make sure they save money. And if you talk to any of my employees, every employee that works for me saves between 200 and and $1,000 a month. These are regular, everyday people. The receptionist, the processors, the... A concierge, the shipping guy, the IT guy. I just hired a new IT guy. And I'm like, dude, part of working here is I'm going to look at your budget every month. And he was shocked. And I'm looking at his budget. He said he was pretty good at it. He's got $20,000 in debt. So I think it's just a process of learning from an expert how to get in good shape financially. So Bill showed me this budget. For three months, I filled it out. I gave it to him every month. He looked at it, gave me advice. So from that point, I want you to go to page 152. Go to page number 152 in your book. This is my personal budget from March of this year. So two months ago's budget. Everybody at that page? Page 152. So go to the bottom on the left side. You see my bills in column two are 11 grand a month. How many of you spend more than 11 grand a month to live your lifestyle? Raise your hand if you spend more than 11 grand a month. Most of you. I make the most money, I have the lowest overhead. Early on, I had a 24,000 a month overhead. I had big houses, I had big cars, I was accumulating wealth. Later in life, your overhead has to get way lower, you have to accumulate. Go to the far right side toward the bottom where it says cash net worth. Down on the very bottom of the very far right. Cash net worth right now $28,669,000. Twenty eight million six hundred and sixty nine thousand dollars. That's what I have in cash. Stock market four hundred one K in cash. Twenty eight point six million. Do any of you have more money than me? Any of you? Must be a lot of hands going up right now that have more than twenty eight million in the bank. No hands going up. So I am the boss when it comes to money because I have the most money. So I had negative seventy four grand thirty six years ago. Now I got 28 million in cash. 28 million dollars. So if you put that in a 4% T bill, I would get roughly 800 grand a year tax free. So when I die, my kids and my wife will get 800 grand a year interest. That's 70 grand a month. My wife and each one of my two children will get 25,000 a month tax free. They are set for life. I have created a legacy forever. Grandchildren, great grandchildren, great great grandchildren, will all be living off the Ruby estate because of one man, Bill Worley? So this is your chance to change your life, your kid's life, your grandchildren, great-grandchildren, great-grandchildren. Today is your day of reckoning to change your financial life. How many of you are ready to change your financial life? Raise your hand. You're ready to change your financial life. You're working really hard. You're making a ton of money. I mean a ton of money. I look at what some of you are making. There's none of you 95 guests that don't make 250. You're making a lot of money and you're not accumulating any wealth because, first of all, your money is emotional like my money was. And second of all, you don't follow a good system. So like we talked about this morning, it's about the process that you follow. Now go to page uh, 153, which is Kendra's budget. Kendra has a cash net worth of $1.9 million in the bank. She's a realtor. She's been with me 10 years. She makes about 600 grand a year working for me at the core. And she has 1.9 million in the bank. She's 50 years old. In 10 years, that will be 4 million if she doesn't save any more money. But we see monthly she's saving about 27,000. So she makes about 50, she saves 27. She's got a lifestyle that costs 8 grand a month. So she lives within her means. She saves a lot of money. Now, remember, she is a realtor. Raise your hand if you're a realtor. Those are the worst people with money I've ever seen in my whole entire life. The absolute worst people are realtors with money. You're $10.99. Your taxes aren't taken out of your check. The money comes in buckets, and it leaves in truckloads. I mean, you just spend a lot of money. You make a lot of money. You make $7,500 a transaction as a realtor. I mean, there is... A lot of money coming and going, and there's no structure with it. You don't run a P&L, you don't do a personal budget. So the realtors are the worst because they're on a 1099, but the lenders aren't much better. They're on a W-2 and they spend a whole lot of money. So we're gonna learn my system of budgeting. I'm gonna teach you about the stock market. I'm gonna teach you about insurance. I'm gonna teach you about cars. I'm gonna teach you the things you didn't know. One of the things when I first started being a teacher, I assumed everybody knew the basics, but I didn't know the basics. Somebody taught them to me. Roy has taught me how to pray. I mean, it's, it's simple. You got to learn the basics from an expert, so we're going to learn the basics. So first thing I'm going to talk about, about money. You're going to have one bank. How many of you have more than one bank you deal with? Raise your hand if you have more than one bank. Okay? You're going to cancel one of the banks. Having $12 at five different banking institutions is not any good. So we want to pick one bank that you like, local community bank, Bank of America. Well, I don't care. One bank that's convenient. One bank. You're going to have all your money at one bank. You're going to have three accounts. Okay? You're going to have a checking account. The purpose of a checking account, Daniel, saw, is what? I think it's tough for me to pull you up tough for me to pull you up to oh so listen the purpose of a checking account is only to pay bills how do you leave money in your checking account raise your hand if you leave money in your checking account raise your hand a lot of you do you'll never accumulate any money because it's in your checking account all you do is write checks all the time so we're going to pay our bills once a month we're going to leave hundred dollars in a checking account after you've paid all your bills so the checking account is only to pay bills. It's not a reservoir. It doesn't keep any money in it. It's just, just for the purpose of writing your bills. The main account you're going to have is a money market account. This is a high interest checking account. You're only allowed to write six checks a month out of a money market account. So you're going to have a checking account. You're going to have a savings account. You're going to have a money market account. In the money market account, we're going to take your bills. My bills are 11,000. I gotta keep 33,000 in the money market at a time. If we look at Kendra's, her bills are eight. She right now has 55 grand in her money market account. So all of her money is invested except 55 grand. So Kendra wants to have six months of all her bills in the bank. So she keeps 55 grand liquid. The rest is all invested in her 401k in the stock market. So, Cash net worth is 401k, stocks, bonds, liquid cash in the bank. That's your cash net worth. Your total net worth is your equity in real estate plus your cash net worth equals your total net worth. So equity net worth, cash net worth. A lot of people consider equity as part of their wealth. Like when you look up people online, movie stars, I always look them up. How much has he got? What's he worth? And you'll see a lot of people have the absorbent net worth. What they're doing is they're adding in a value of a business or they're adding the value of their real estate. Cash is king in America. If you watch any of the stock market shows or any financial planners, they will tell you right now liquidity is the key. I am personally about 70% liquid right now today and about 30% in the stock market. Now, when the stock market stabilizes... I'll be 80% in the market, and I'll be 20% liquid at all times. You always want to have some liquidity when you're investing, so you're available. So we have one bank, three bank accounts, checking account to pay our bills, savings account for our allowance, and I will teach you in a minute how to have an allowance and what your allowance is, and then we'll have a money market account, which has three months of your bills, so you're always prepared for a bad couple of months. So as banking, one bank. Three accounts, checking, savings, money market, checking account just to pay your bills, savings account for your allowance, money market for your float. The float account, washer goes out, pay cash out of the money market. Need to go on a trip, take cash out of the money market. It goes up and down. It floats. But we want to keep it at three to six months of your overhead every month. And I'll teach you what your overhead is in a minute. So that's about banks. Now we're going to talk about credit cards. You're allowed to keep two credit cards. How many have more than two credit cards? Raise your hand. Again, the same people that don't have any money. It's a bad plan. So on my system, you've got to have two credit cards at zero. So we have credit cards with balances right now. We will put those credit cards aside. We have to get two new credit cards with zero balances. We will pay off those credit cards over time, and it will take two years to pay them off. But we will not use them anymore because they have balances. So my system requires two credit cards, one personal credit card, one business credit card, that you're only going to use these credit cards, the personal credit card for everything personal, so your spouse will be on that account. Your business account will only have your name on it, will only be for business lunches, business gas, business expenditures. Now, I want those limits to be around, let's say $5,000 each. So $5,000 limit on your personal family's credit card, $5,000 limit on your business credit card. Now, some of you have way more balances than five grand. I don't. I have $7,500 limit on my personal card and my business card. I carry two credit cards. They're all dark colors because they want me to have a lot of balance. So I have two credit cards that I carry, one business, one personal. My wife has the personal card. Ashley has the business card because she does all my business gifting off the business card. 7,500 limits. And I swear to you, twice a year, I'll go buy something like a couple pair of shoes at Nordstrom's. And the clerk will come back and say, sorry, sir, you're over the limit. Because I travel a lot, I can spend $7,500 on a credit card really easy when you make a lot of money and you travel 30 times a year. It's easy for me to spend $7,500. When that happens, I don't pull out the other card. I hang my head in shame and I walk away. And I walk away like an embarrassed person that can't afford those shoes. That's what you all need. You all need more humble pie in your life. You're all too full of yourself. You got another credit card. You got a $20,000 limit, and we spend so much. So Twice a year, I go to use my card, and it's over the limit, and I pay it off every single month. This is the key to accumulating wealth, is not having a lot of excess debt available to you. So two credit cards, one business, one personal, five grand limits. Set the other cards aside. If you have balances, we will pay them off over time. Okay. Now, so we got our bank we got our credit cards. Let's talk about cars. How many of you like a luxury car? Raise your hand you like to drive a luxury car. You all deserve a luxury car. I want you to have a great car. I want you to buy a luxury car two years old, and I want you to sell it at the five-year mark. So buy a luxury car two years old. You'll get it for half price. We're going to sell it at the five-year mark. You're going to finance the car for five years, and you're going to put zero down. A car is a depreciating asset. It is not an appreciating asset. A stock, a bond, a house is an appreciating asset. That means it goes up in value. So you're going to buy a two-year-old luxury car. You're going to sell it at the five-year mark. You want to buy it with about 30,000 miles. You want to sell it with about 70,000 miles before there's a lot of major repairs on a car. You're going to finance the car with zero down for five years. And like all debt, you're going to learn with me, we're going to accelerate the debt payoff. So it's a five-year note, pay $100 extra month, pay it off in three and a half years. We're going to accelerate everything. Our mortgages, our car loans. Once we get out of credit card debt, we're going to work our butts off to accumulate wealth and bring down our debt load. Okay? Average American has 12 grand in credit card balance, and some of you look way above average. So I'm sure some of you have more than 12 grand credit card debt. Jeremy Forsier, one of my coaches, had 500 grand in IRS and credit card debt when I hired him. So no matter what shape you're in, the secret to me is you come to me broken and I will fix you. You bring me broken money and a broken business and I will fix it. I don't need you to get great and then come to me. I need you to come to me broken and I'll fix it. So we talked about our bank. We talked about our credit cards. We talked about cars. I'm now going to talk about insurance. Okay. Now, insurance and investing are not the same thing. So the biggest scam in the world is universal variable life, permanent life, or whole life. How many of you have those types of policies? Raise your hand. Cool. Those are the worst policies in the world. You're getting ripped off. So let's talk about life insurance. You need five times your earnings. Five times your earnings. You need 30-year term life insurance policy. It's their cheap. 30-year term life insurance policy Insurance is for two purposes, to protect your family and to protect your estate. Once you get one, two, three million in the bank, you no longer need any life insurance. You don't need any life insurance. And then when you get like me and you have a lot of money, you need life insurance to pay the estate tax. So you're going to get 30-year term policy, five times your earnings. If your spouse is earning, you get five times his earning with you, the beneficiary, the beneficiary. For you get five times your earnings, your spouse is a beneficiary. Any whole life you have, permanent life, university life, it has a surrender value and a cash value. If the surrender value and the cash value are similar, cash in the policy, take the money, and I'll show you where to invest it. So we're going to get 30-year term life insurance, five times what we make. So every five years, you're going to get a new policy until you're 49 and a half. Now, that means you can get insurance insured for you up until you're 79 and a half the average death for a man is 70 the average death for a woman is 74 so that will protect your family throughout your life no permanent life it's not an investment now when you get to where i am if you look at my budget you'll see that between my stock and my equity i'm worth 53 million dollars right now today not counting the value of the core or the value of a summit funding, not counting any value in my companies, just my cash and stock and equity positions in my property. I'm worth 53 million. Trump says I can protect 11 million. When Obama was president, I could protect 5 million. So I can protect 11 million. So 11 million from 53 is 42. That 42 million I owe 45 percent inheritance tax when I die. So right now today I owe 18 million. The government is going to take when I die. 18 million of my estate, the government is going to take in estate taxes. This is the death sentence to farmers, family businesses. So I carry a 20 million dollar life insurance policy for 20 years to cover the estate tax. Now I pay 150 a year for 20 million in insurance. So 150 times 20, my total payout over 20 years would be $3 million. So I will pay $3 million for $20 million in life insurance. Is that a good return on my investment? Yes, that's a good return on my investment. So to protect my estate, I have to have life insurance to pay my estate tax. If you have 2 3 $4, 5000000 you you're in a period where you need no insurance, no life insurance whatsoever. So we talked about cars. We talked about banks. We talked about credit cards. And we talked about insurance. Now, all these things I've talked about, every one of these different issues, you have had emotional issues around these issues. And all these issues we just talked about are tactical. Your car is tactical. Your life insurance is tactical. Your bank is tactical. Your credit is tactical. It's all tactical. But these are the basics to learn how to manage your money. Now, how often do we pay our bills? We pay our bills once a month. How many of you pay your bills more than once a month? Be honest and raise your hand. Cool. You will never accumulate wealth paying your bills more than once a month. Companies, all my companies, my big mortgage company, my branches, my coaching company, my staffing company, I own a building company, I have a lot of businesses. All my businesses pay their bills once a month. They take all the checks in, they gather all the bills, it's called the day of reckoning. So once a month, you're going to pay your bills. The only bill that's really due is your mortgage payment. It's due on the first day of every month. So you're going to pay your budget the first of the month. So you're going to take your May bills, your May paychecks, and it's going to be called your June budget. Like you see, this was my March budget. So this was my February paychecks and my February bills and my March 1st house payment. So really simple on how you do the accounting in the core. Now, listen. There are other systems. This is my system. If you're going to think you're going to come with me, you're going to have to turn in your budget every month. It's going to be on my system. We're going to learn how to accumulate wealth. So some rules around money. Number one, you must be debt-free. No credit card. You've got to pay off all your credit card. So if you're on my system, you're going to track all the data and pay off all the debt. Period. So if you have debt, we're done right now. You're tracking everything. Every dollar gets written down. Every dollar's on your credit card. No mystery money, no surprises. And you're going to pay all the extra money towards the debt. So you're going to take 20% of your paycheck, which is what we require you save, and you're going to apply it towards debt reduction. So if you make 10 grand a month, that's 2 grand a month is going to be saved. That 2 grand reduces your credit card debt. I'll pay off all your credit card debt in 6 months to 2 years, depending on how much debt you have and how much income you have. The lucky thing for you, I'm going to teach you all how to explode your revenue. I will teach you through my training how to generate leads, convert leads, build the teams. You will have more money to run through your budget to be able to pay. I coach a lot of local business owners, a lot of local business owners, and they're really good at what they do. They're excellent. They could be the best AV guys in the world. They could be the best landscapers in the world. They could be the best plumbers in the world, the best therapists in the world. But it's like, They're not good at getting new clients. Like, I like therapy. I've been in therapy four times. Each time for six months, I learned a lot about myself. I grew. A therapist wants to keep you forever because he doesn't know how to get new clients. So because he doesn't know how to get new clients, he's trying to keep that client forever. So I'm just telling you, lawyers aren't good at getting new clients. They want to extend your legal case as far out as they can so they can make as much money. So when I do business with anybody... It's on a timeline. I'm not going to pay a therapist forever. I'm not going to give a lawyer an open checkbook. I'm going to have a set budget and how many hours he projects this case will take. How many sessions do you need to fix me? And we'll go from there. So we're going to save 20% of our paycheck, gross, taxable. So if you're a realtor and you're on a 1099 at 500, 40% of that is taxes. You've got 300. You've got to save 60 So write down your last year W-2 income or your net income as a realtor. Write down your last year's W-2 income or your net income as a realtor. So you would take 35% off your 1099 if you're a realtor. That will give you your net real estate income. Now, I want you to look at that income and write down what 20% of it is. 20% of that money is X. That's what you should have saved last year. Now, I see some of my clients in the room And I guarantee you, they saved 20% of what they made. Like I see John King on here. John King last year made about 600. Did you save over 120, John? Thumbs up, yes? Yes. Daniel made 2 million last year, correct? Did you save over 400? Yes. So my clients are saving 20% of their money because I make them live within their means. I don't let them buy a bigger house than they can afford. I don't let them drive too many luxury cars. I don't let them go mad. But listen, they all buy what they want. They drive what they want. They wear what they want. They live what they want. So a couple more things about money we're going to learn about. We're going to learn about housing. Housing. I want you to live in two and a half times what you make. That's how much mortgage I want you to have, two and a half times. So if you make a million dollars, I want you to have a two and a half million dollar mortgage. You make 500 I want you to have a 1.25 mortgage. I want to max out your housing opportunities because there's only two places to accumulate wealth, the stock market and real estate. The best real estate to buy is a primary luxury residential house. How many of you have rentals right now? Raise your hand if you have rental property. I have none. I used to have 20. Rental properties are a poor man's retirement plan. Now, right now, 38% of all tenants nationwide are in forbearance. That means they are not paying the rent. 38% of all tenants are not paying rent. So if you have a $250,000 house, you got a $200,000 mortgage on it, the payment's 1400 the house may rent for two grand a month. You're going to make 600 a month cash flow on a rental property if you're lucky. And you guys make 3500 on a loan. You make 7500 on a real estate transaction. It's just not a good investment. So your primary house will bring you the most joy, it'll help you in your local community. Every time you buy a bigger house, people are aware that you're more successful. So buying a bigger house will help your income go up, it'll help your exposure in your community that wow, they must do really well, they live in a really nice house. So we're gonna buy a house two and a half times what we make, we're gonna get rid of our rental properties and we're gonna buy a bigger mansion. I'm just telling you, working hard and pulling up to a nice house is a great feeling. So I want you all to have the primary residential houses of your dreams. I want you to have the best house in the best neighborhood, in the best community, with the best schools. If there's a lake, live on the lake. If there's a golf course, live on a golf course. If there's a mountain, live in the mountain. I don't want you to be in some boring subdivision. Those don't have great resale. You gotta have location around your primary house. Lake front house, lake access house, A golf course house, mountain house, downtown city house. You gotta have something that draws people to your property to make it sellable in all markets. I live in a lakefront house, eight thousand square feet on a lake in North Carolina. I bought it eight years ago for two point seven million. It's today worth four point two million. I've made one point five million in eight years. That means each year I made two hundred thousand dollars profit by living in that house. Is that not good? That's good. So your house is tactical about money. So we're not going to buy the biggest house in the subdivision. We're going to buy a sized house in a big subdivision. We don't want the most expensive house. We want, but we want the highest house that you can afford. You probably need to move every three to five years. How many based on that formula are living in too small of a house based on what I would want. Raise your hand. If you should be living in a bigger house. Great. You now get to go move. You get to sell your house and buy a house. Now, for you and your clients, you want to buy before February. Rates are low. So the high values are high. The rates are low. That's the best time to buy if you're getting a mortgage. If I was buying another house or I was buying an office building, I will wait till March or April because the rates will be five and a half in March and the prices will come down. I'm a cash buyer. For you guys, you're mortgage buyers. You want that low rate. So your clients want to buy right now before the end of the year. You want to use that as a selling point to go after your clients to get them to make a decision now. Because the rates are so low, you can buy a $250,000 house now cheaper than a $175,000 house at a a 5.5 interest rate. So they want to buy now because the rates are low and they have a low monthly payment. So we talked about houses. Rental properties suck. Uh, I'll tell you one story about a rental property. I had a rental property, $200,000 house, had it half free and clear, rented for 1500 a month, $600 a month cash flow. They're two months behind in the rent. I go bang on the door. Lady answers the phone. She got a baby in one arm and a toddler on her hip. She starts crying. She says, my husband left me. I don't have a job. I have no money. Raise your hand if you could evict that lady. Raise your hand. Raise your hand if you could evict that lady. You can have rental properties. The rest of you cannot have rental properties. I could not evict that lady. It's against my belief system as a human being. So not only did I let her live in the house for eight months, I gave her a 1000 a month so she could live on for eight months. So my rental property is no good anymore. So rental properties on residential are super for the ice-cold, unhuman-being people. Now, I own an office building, 30,000 square feet, I own it free and clear. It rents for fifty thousand a month. The bills are fifteen thousand a month. So I make thirty five thousand a month net profit off of commercial property. So when you're wealthy, two or three million in the bank, I will teach you how to buy commercial property. Now, if any of my tenants don't pay the rent, will I evict them? Yes, because it's not their primary home. So it doesn't affect those decisions. So I like luxury, primary, residential real estate. I do not like rentals. I would buy an apartment building. Yes, I would buy an apartment building because it would have a management company to manage it. I own office buildings. I own vacant land. Those are things that I will invest in. I would no longer buy primary residential. But when I was coming up, the middle-class people that I met that I thought were rich, oh, you got to buy 10 rental properties, buy one a year, keep them for 20 years, pay them off, live off the interest. Well, Houses aren't worth nothing 30 years later. They lose their value. There's a certain point where a house goes down in value. So we're going to buy a luxury primary house, two and a half times what you make. As you can see with me, everything is a structure and steps. Nothing is emotional. Now, based on my formula, I should buy a bigger house. So where I live, there are some 8 and $10 million houses, and I have looked at some of them. And I don't like any of them more than I like my house. I live on an acre and a quarter lakefront. I got eight thousand square feet. I got an eight car garage. I got a koi pond. I got a pool. I got a great patio. I have everything I need. So once you have everything you need, I bought a second home. So I have a six thousand square foot log cabin in the mountains that is now for sale. So if any of you want a five bedroom, six thousand square foot log cabin, I will sell it you for one point seven five million. So When you're in our business and you make a lot of money and you live in a mansion, you do not need a second home because you love your primary home. I don't go to my cabin but four times a year. It's two hours away. It was a mistake buying it. It was an emotional purchase that I made a mistake when I bought it. I should have stuck with my luxury house and my office building. So now my cabin's up for sale, but how are you going to sell a luxury log cabin in the coronavirus, it definitely ain't getting any showings right now. So who knows? Someday the market turns around. I will sell it and get rid of it. But it was an emotional move that I made. And I can look back on my life over the last five years. Every bad decision I made financially has emotions behind it. Like I got scared in the stock market in February. So I got out. It was a mistake. I should have stayed in. I got out too much. Now I'm getting back in. But I got out at 22000 Now I'm getting back in at twenty three and a half thousand. I've lost money because I got emotional. I knew to be in the stock market. And just so you know, I've been in the stock market for thirty four years. I've never timed it. I've never gotten out. This was the first time I ever got out. And I'm down two point three million from when I got out to where it is today. That's a waste of a lot of money. The market is always going to go up. And I knew that. So let's look at a budget. Go to the blank budget on page number 151. This is my budget that I have changed over the last 34 years. I have it exactly the way I want it. Do not One thing I, I want you to know about me, do not change my forms. I know you're all smarter than me. I know you're all brilliant. So many of you have changed my forms through the years. I can't stand it. We have an exact greatness tracker, an exact lead tracker, an exact pay log, an exact L. Exact personal budget. My P&L, I have companies paying me money to use my trademarked P&L. They pay me a big fee every month just to use my P&L system for branches. So I like my forms. When you come with me and you change my forms, I'm going to kick your fanny. So don't change my stuff. It, It bugs me that you think you have to change something to fit what you want. Part of the word surrender is doing it the way the person better than you does it. So we all make a lot of money. We're all it's like I'm watching some of the chat rooms because I'm not online and I'm seeing people ask questions. And then I'm seeing guests give answers like their piddly business should be giving other people answers. My coaches will answer all the questions. You flood us with questions. My coaches will answer them and we will give you the proper answer. But it's like I'm watching it and I'm watching going back and forth that I've never looked at a chat line. Just so you know, I don't email. I don't text. I've never been online. I'm in the relationship business. I have a flip phone. I make a lot of phone calls. Just so you all know, I average 142 conversations a week. Any of you talk to more people than that a week? Any of you? Daniel, do you? More than 142 a week? Yes? You talk to more than me or less than me? Thumbs up, thumbs down. Daniel, thumbs down, you talk less than me. Thumbs up, you talk more than me. You talk more than 142 conversations a week? (laughs) Yes, thank you. I win why? I talk to the most people. None of you talk to as many people as me because you're texting and emailing where I'm just banging, 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 banging the phone. I'm a professional salesperson. I make a lot of phone calls. So let's look at the system. First column you fill out, write a number one over column five. Write a number one over column five. The first thing you do is you write down your net paychecks, your rental income, your paychecks your babysitting money, your grandma gave you birthday money. You put all your revenue in column five. So the first thing you do is you fill out column five with all your different checks, net checks after taxes, not gross check, net check for you realtors. It's after it went to your P&L, after you set aside money for your taxes. So you're going to fill out column five, and you're going to total it on the bottom. That's how much money you have. If you look at me last month, I got paid... Seven hundred and twenty-seven thousand dollars after taxes. That shows you I made about a million four because I'm in about a fifty percent tax bracket. So last month I got paid a million four. Last month Kendra got paid thirty-four thousand dollars. She grosses about fifty times she pays taxes. She nets thirty-four. So Kendra netted 34, I netted 727. You can see all my checks, core training, summit funding, Rick Ruby, Inc., U.S. Treasury gave me a little bit of money. I had a private loan. Somebody made me a payment back. So I brought in, oh, I got a tax refund, $147. That's not very good. When you're in my bracket, you don't get tax refunds. So I had 727, Kendra had 34. Next column you fill out is number two. So the total monthly minimum owed. So column two is the minimum you want, your house payment, your credit cards, your car payment, your gas, your groceries, your daycare. So you fill out column two. At the bottom of column two, it's called your survival number. This is how much money you have to have survive. Groceries, dry cleaning, house payment, car payment, minimum on your credit cards, minimum on your student loans. So we have your survival number, number two. Number three is total paid. Remember one thing. Make a line between column three and column five. They have to balance. So what you bring in, every dime has to be allocated. You have to allocate every dime that you make in column five in column three. It's called balancing your books, allocating all the money to savings, to debt reduction, for vacations, for whatever. We're allocating all the money. Column four is your amount saved. Now you see I have one more column because I have a deductible amount. You see last month I gave away $54,000 to charity last month. I average about a million dollars a year in charity that I give away. A million dollars a year in charity that I give away. I make 10 million. I give away a million. I save 2 million. If you look year to date, you see I have already saved 2.2 million saved year to date. Saved. Already given away 196. Already saved 2.2 million. I'm an expert in this category. You will never, ever, ever have access to anybody richer than me that you can get in touch with and you can talk about exact numbers. I am the money expert in the core. I take care of all my clients. I make sure they all manage the money. When they want to buy a house, they check with me. When they want to invest, they check with me. All my clients have six hours of private time that they can use with anybody. They use the time with me when I want to privately me go over their budget or me give them guidance on their finances. So those are the five columns of a budget. Number one is the name of your bills. Number two is the minimum owed. Number three is the total paid. Number four is the amount saved. Number five is the paychecks. Now, if we go to the bottom on the left, your money market balance needs to be three to six times your survival number. So you see Kendra has 55 grand. You see right now I have 1.1 million liquid. I'm building an office building. I'm going to pay cash for the op- for another office building. Um, but normally I would keep about 200 grand liquid. Everything else would be invested in the stock market. So I'm a little heavy on cash right now. So this is a budget. If you look, it says the amount saved year to date, amount given year to date, then I show my bank account on the bottom, what I took out this month, and then on the right you see my ETrade with Kodiak, my 401k, my Wells Fargo Investor with 25 million, my ETrade stocks that I play with, my Summit Deferred, how much I saved this month. You see I saved 448 this month. You see I got a million one in cash, means 28 six cash net worth. You see 53 million total. You see I marked down on the far right in the outside margin what each one of my accounts went up or down that month. In a normal month, if the market goes up 1%, I make about 250 grand in interest with a 1% gain in the stock market. The rich get what? Richer. The rich get richer. You all need you all are in the earning opportunity to get rich, but you're not saving like you want to get rich. So, to get to the first million is very hard. The second million half as long. The fourth million, a quarter of the time, because the money is compounding. The money is growing. Last year, the stock market went up 24%. Last year, I made $4 million in interest in the stock market, $4 million. So this year, I'm down $2 million. Do I care, Daniel? No, because last year, I made $4 million. So I got out liquid, and I'm still up between what I made last year and what I lost this year. So I made $4 million in the stock market last year this has got to be your dream 30 years from now but this is a 30-year plan that i'm putting you on right now this is not a five-year plan this is not a two-year plan it's a 30-year plan to accumulate wealth i told you a couple clients yesterday that i really like kirk van horn and brenda brosman otto Kobler is another client i like a lot he's been here 18 years with me otto three million in the bank three million in the bank 18 years mediocre owner mediocre mediocre salesman doesn't do a great job closes eight or 10 deals a month makes 500 to 700 a year he should be at 2 million a year but he has too much fun he's just crazy about his life and his wife and his wine and he has a great time and i'm okay but i'll tell you what the guy's a mac daddy saver got 3 million in the bank average guy 3 million in the bank and when i first met otto he had a lot of property And he was very argumentative with me in a lot of classes about property is king, cash is not king. Then we went through a recession, and he got crushed with all his properties. And then he said, Rick, I should only listen to you. Cash is king. Being liquid is important. So this is about budgeting. So we talked about buying a used luxury car, two years old, selling it five years in, financing it for five years, paying extra. All of your debt, I want to accelerate. So step one, I'm going to go through my six steps to wealth. Step number one, track every dollar. It's either on my credit card or it's on my budget. I leave myself about $300 a month for cash. That's what I want your allowance to be. $300 per spouse, non-managed money. Get in a little bit of trouble. So you buy anything under $20 with cash, everything over $20, you put it on the credit card. Because the credit card does your accounting, it gives you 30 days before you have to turn it in. So we're going to make sure that we track everything. That's step number one. Step number two, pay off all revolving student loan debt, signature debt. Step two is to pay off all debt. So if you have debt right now, this is a two-step program. Track everything, pay off the debt. Nothing else matters. Step three, max out your 401k. The greatest investment you'll ever have in your life, better than any piece of property, better than any stock, is the 401k. If you put... 15 grand in the 401k a year, which is a little under what it maxes at. You will guaranteed get yourself a $6,500 return because you're not paying taxes on that 15,000. So before that, it's invested at it all, before it makes a dime, the 401k is the greatest return in the world. How many of you are not currently maxing out your 401k? Cool, you all, most of you are maxing out. We gotta max out. If you're a realtor, Write down this term if you're a realtor. CODA, C-O-D-A slash S-E-P. That's a self-employed pension fund for realtors. You can put 25% of your income into the year maxed at 55 grand. So if you're a realtor and you only max out your SEP at 55 grand a year, you'll be rich. You'll be filthy rich. If you fill 401K for 30 years you will be very well off. I'll tell you about an aunt that I had. Very smart lady. So she's passed away now. But years ago when she was young, she had a boss, made her put two grand in an IRA seven years in a row. So for seven years she worked for this guy. She put two grand in an IRA. So she saved $14,000. Forty years later, when she died, she had 422000 in the bank because of compounding. Save 14 grand. It sat there for 40 years in Magellan mutual funds and it turned into $420,000. Unbelievable. Compounding is the key to wealth. Save every month 20%. Get it in good investment instruments and it'll go forward. So I'm going to take the last 10 minutes teaching you how to invest. What to invest in, what to buy. I'll make you an expert in the stock market in 10 minutes. So you're educated. Now, when you talk to people about this investment strategy that I give you and they argue, ask them how much money they have. And say, the guy that gave me this strategy has $28 million in the stock market. So if they have more money than me, give me their name and I will follow their plan. If they have less money than me, tell them we don't care about their opinion. It's it's like It's like most of your opinion around money. It means nothing to me because you don't have any money. I have a lot of money. I have a great opinion around money. So in your retirement accounts... IRA, 401k, Codicep. I want it in three mutual funds, three mutual funds, large cap growth, mid cap growth, small cap growth. I want it equally divided between those three accounts, a large cap growth fund, a mid cap growth fund, and a small cap growth fund. That's Dow stocks, NASDAQ stocks, and S&P stocks. So we're going to invest in three mutual funds, large cap, mid cap, small cap, all IRAs, all brands, Magellan, Vanguard, first 20th century they all have large cap mid cap small cap growth funds so that's how we invest in our 401k IRA 401k codecept is the best in three mutual funds in your non retirement accounts there's two piles to invest in one is the S&P 500 index fund its label is the SPY it today sells for $288 a share now All financial planners, all financial instruments will tell you they rival the S&P or they beat the S&P. So we might as well what? Own the S&P. So we're going to buy the S&P 500 index fund. It's how many stocks? 500. There's 500 stocks in the S&P 500 index funds. You get them all. It's like a giant mutual fund. So we're going to buy the S&P 500 index fund with 40% of your money. 40% of your money in the S&P index fund, 60% of your money is going to be in six stocks. Six stocks. Individual equities. Okay? So we're going to do 40% in the S&P 500. We're going to do 60% in six stocks. Now, let me tell you about the stock market. I love Warren Buffett. Who's read Warren Buffett? I've read everything Warren Buffett has ever put out. Everything. I follow him. I watch him. I pay attention to him. Here's Warren Buffett's philosophy. If you don't love the product, don't buy the stock. So my wife drinks Coca-Cola. She owns Coke. My wife eats Hershey chocolate. She owns Hershey. My wife only wears Lululemon for sports attire. She owns Lululemon. Fact. Now, some companies that you love their product are owned by a bigger company. Like Lululemon is owned by a mother company. So you've got to buy the mother company to buy Lululemon. For me, I am a Ford nut. I drive a Ford Expedition as my daily car. I got a 1956 Ford hot rod truck. I'm looking for an old Camaro right now. I love Ford. Ford right now is $4.90 a share. In January, it was $9. Are they going to sell Ford again? Yes. Now, they're not going to be Tesla. They're not going to be no $500 a share stock. Tesla is amazing. But Ford is going to sell trucks. So all the automotive industry is beat up right now. I'm a car guy from Detroit, so I'm going to own a car stock. If you're not a car guy or girl, then you don't want to own a car stock. Now, I own Amazon, Apple, Nike, Disney. Those are my four main stocks that I like. You can buy whatever companies you like. I got two grown-up kids. Guess where I went every year for 20 years? Disneyland. So I own Disney stock. I love their movies. I love their TV shows. I love everything Disney. The high point Disney this year was $146 a share. Right now, it's 85 Will it get back to 146 Yes. That means that stock has 60% room to growth in the rest of the year. Amazon is at an all-time high. Why do I own Amazon? Because my gosh darn front porch has an Amazon box twice a week. My wife orders everything from Amazon. That smiley face is constantly on my front porch. So if my wife is going to consume Amazon, I'm going to own Amazon. I don't like technology, but i got to tell you, Apple has got it going on. They are not, not, not going to be cutting edge. They are a great technology company. I own Apple. Now, my other three stocks, I currently have seven, but let me tell you, I want four solid companies that you own. No flyers. A flyer is like they're doing really bad or they're a new company. No flyers. No flyer stocks. I have three of them. Let me tell you what I have. I own Marriott. Marriott is off 65% year-to-date because nobody can stay at Marriott. So one of my flyer stocks that I think is going to make a big run is Marriott. I also own American Airlines. In January, it was $30. Right now, it's $9. Raise your hand if people are going to fly again. Cool. So they're only not making money right now because of the pandemic. So Disney's down all the airlines are down. All the casino stocks are down. All of the uh, hotel stocks are down. I'll give you another one. You look at Carnival Cruise Line. They're down 80% this year in three months. Nobody can go on a cruise. But will people cruise again? Yes. So if you wanted to stick five grand in Carnival Cruise, you could triple that money in the next year or two. Now, I will tell you this. I think the stock market went down to 18,000. It should have went to 10 or 12. This is the biggest recession America has ever seen. The only reason the stock market hasn't gone down more is because the government put $5 trillion into the country. Every kid got 500 Every person under hundred grand got 1200 Every realtor got PPP money. If you're a realtor, raise your hand if you got some PPP money. Cool. You got two and a half months of your overhead free from the government. If you keep your payroll for two months... They'll waive the money. If you don't waive the money, you get it at a one percent loan. Listen, I got a million. The corps got a million five payroll protection money. A million five. Our salaries are about six hundred grand a month, so we got two and a half times our salary. If they say I got to pay the money back, I will gladly pay it back at one percent. I will take that money if I don't use it. I will stick it in the S and P five hundred. It'll make eight to ten percent a year. I will pay a one percent note. So whenever you can borrow money at 1%, we're going to borrow that money. That's just so cheap, it's ridiculous. So if you got PP money, if you use it, if you need it, use it. If you don't need it, we'll use it as part of your investment, or we'll use it to pay off some debt, or we'll use it on your infrastructure. So that's how I feel about PPP money. So I like six stocks. I like the S&P 500. I like three mutual funds in my 401k. You go to any financial planner. They'll say, yeah, that's a pretty good plan. Then you ask him how much money he has. He probably ain't got no money. I guarantee your financial planners are going to try and sell you permanent life insurance, all kind of insurance products instead of investment-grade products because it makes them more money. The biggest commission product in the world is permanent life, variable life. So that's the big key about money. So we talked about a lot of stuff. If you come with us, we'll look at your budget every month. You're going to see my graduates tonight, what my two-year graduates have done financially, and what my five-year graduates have done financially. If, How many of you work out? Raise your hand if you work out. Some of you look like you don't work out. Okay, so you all work out. Some of you are not doing it right because you're not looking great. So listen. So listen. If you wanted to be in great shape, hire a personal trainer twice a week and invite your referral partners to work out with you. I have five or six people that work out with me twice a week. I've got good competition, good accountability. I pay for the trainer. I pay for the guest fees. I invite realtors. I invite some of my loan reps. I invite some of my friends to work out with me to create a little competition. So get a trainer twice a week. Invite some of your referral partners. If you're a lender, invite some realtors. Invite your staff. Get them to work out with you. Now, I have a financial planner that I coach. His name is Jeff Fredaconsley. His overhead is on the wall. Normally, he teaches class with me. Jeff makes about five million a year. He's got about eleven million in the stock market. He's with Wells Fargo, which is the largest financial institution in the world. One secret I will tell you you can never invest with somebody that's a private label investor, ever. You cannot invest with a private label financial planner. If you ever watch American Greed, all those guys that were crooked on American Greed had private label companies. You need to be with Wells Fargo, Merrill Lynch, Payne Weber, E Trade. Any of the large national companies, and there's lots of them and I like them, but it's got to be a big, multi-billion dollar corporation for me to invest my money with them. Because here's the thing, if Jeff cheats me and he puts me in a bad investment and I complain to Wells Fargo, what do you think they'll do? They'll fix it. They'll make it right with me. They'll fix it. So that's why I like a financial planner at a national company. Now, if you have a financial planner, you need to ask him about his finances. If he will not share his financial information with you, I want you to change financial planner. Your financial planner has to make over 300 grand a year and he has to have over 500,000 in the bank. At your level, that would be the minimum. So if your financial planner don't make 300 and he ain't got 500 in the bank, need to find a new financial planner because he's not an expert. If he tells you to go against the plan that I just told you, three mutual funds, S&P 500 and six stocks, he's a bad financial planner. He's not giving you sound judgment. Now, the man is the S&P 500 is a 0.15 management fee. When you have over a million dollars, you pay a 1% management fee. Some of these financial planners are charging you 2 or 3% of your money to manage your money. Never go with a hedge fund ever. They're just too unprotected. Never go with a private label company. Never have a financial planner that makes less than 300 or less than 500 a bank. All these things I'm giving you simple bullet points. There are not feelings about it. There's not values about it. It's really, really simple. So this is my money system. It's a foundation in the core. If you decide to come with us and join us as of July 1st and we take you on as one of our clients, we will look at your budget every single month. We will make you save 20%. We will make you grow your income every semester. So I had a great time. Take a break. Get in your general session. I'll see you in five minutes. Goodbye. Been listening to the Core's Sales Training Bootcamp. For registration information about our two-day business building summits, call one 800 660 6670 or find us on the web at www.coretraining.com.